0: Hello and uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. We are recording this on the twenty fourth of December, about ten thirty in the morning, and what a special uh, little podcast that we're doing for you today. I'm really excited about this one, where we have um, my 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 old friend. No offense, Jamie Pollard from Iowa State. Um, and I I'm learning a lot that Rob Mullins, the athletics director at Oregon. And these two guys go way back. And we thought we could showcase this for you guys here over the holiday as we lead up to the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl coming up on the 2nd of January. Jamie, I want to let you – you're the one who kind of – I knew that you – I always knew that you were friends with the athletics director at Oregon because you've told me you've gone out there for track events and stuff like that before. But I didn't know the depth of the friendship between you And Rob, who is gracious enough to give us some time today. So, Jamie, how did this relationship between the two of you begin?
1: Well, it goes back to our days together at the University of Maryland. Um, Rob was uh, um, working at the University of Miami, and he's a West Virginia grad, but um, also a CPA. And uh, we were looking for a new business person at Maryland. And Rob was one of the people that applied. And we ended up hitting it off and we hired Rob, but, you know, he brought at the time his, um, was that your girlfriend at the time, right? Just Jane? a friend. Just, Just a friend. friend. Just <laughs> a friend Jane, um, who came with, who also was working at Miami. And um, as it turned out, Jane was really good in compliance and ended up working for us in the athletics department at Maryland also. And Ellen and myself just developed a really good relationship with Rob and Jane and, um, you know, ended up uh, being lifelong friends. So, unfortunately, we're separated by a lot of miles, so we don't get to see each other anywhere near as much as we used to when we, you know, back in the Maryland days, we had a lot of fun together. Um, Played golf regularly and, um, you know, the best, one of the best stories I have about Rob was Rob and I were golfing when our second child, when Ellen went into labor. Oh, wow. um, I, um, she had had a lot of preterm labor with our first child. And so I was used to these false starts. So I think we were like on the third hole, and when the call came, I asked, well, can I finish? Because, you know, I'm thinking like, this isn't that like, it's not that big a deal. And um, needless to say that didn't sit well with Ellen um, that I thought maybe we should finish the round of golf first. So, but yeah, we go way back.
0: Well, welcome Rob. It's it's good. to. Is that an accurate uh, description?
2: Yeah, no, very accurate. Um, You know, I was, I I feel uh, blessed and fortunate to have the opportunity to, to, to go to Maryland. Um, That was just a real, in our life, you know, it was a, chance for Jane and I to take a huge leap from a career standpoint, really build the foundation uh, for our relationship uh, as well as our careers. Um, And obviously we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for uh, Jamie giving us a chance at Maryland um, and all the great lessons. And we did have some wonderful times. It's funny. I was thinking about this conversation today and Jamie was being the big Packers fan that he was. Uh, we we did a, the the ultimate road trip to the Super Bowl that was Brett Favre, oh, wow. Bill Parcells, and the Patriots. Um, fast forward now, our oldest son is 16, and he still wears number four because, you know, he was attached to Favre as a little kid. And still, whether it's basketball or baseball, his first choice is always number four. Uh, so it's funny how all those things get interwoven.
0: Wow. Yeah. Uh- and I'm a Vikings fan, so don't don't hold that against me. Uh Rob. Have they
1: been to the Super Bowl since that Super Bowl? No, wait a second. I don't think
0: the Vikings have. Have they? <laughs> uh they've never been to the Super Bowl in my lifetime. So <laughs> in the four previous, they they, as you all know, that they they lost them all. So um I, I've been going over Rob, learning about your resume. And I, I wanted to get more into the um college football playoff and basketball committees and all that stuff. But I, I want to talk about the personal. Jamie, when you when you obviously kind of knew that Iowa State had a shot to end up in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl against the Pac-12 team, and then when Oregon had the big win on Friday night, what when, how, how did it kind of circulate through your mind that you may be going up against your buddy here?
1: Well, we've never got to do this. Yeah, I mean, we've never played each other. Um, you know, I've gone to the final four when Oregon's been at the final four, but I've never got to be with Iowa state, um, when, you know, we were playing Rob's team. So, um, as that kind of unfolded, I remember thinking that on Friday night, now I knew that meant that we probably would have to lose on Saturday, but it was like, well, if we don't win Saturday, a consolation prize will be, we'll probably get to go to the Fiesta Bowl and we might get to you know play Oregon. So, um, you know, it, uh, that, that was a silver lining for me because, um, getting a chance to, you know, be AD against AD for the first time. will um, uh, will just make the game that much more enjoyable.
0: What about you, Rob? How'd you, how'd you react to this matchup?
1: Yeah.
2: Well, after we won, obviously and started thinking about, you know, what could happen. You know, my first thought was, you know, I was, you know, hoping that Iowa state would finish off a great year. Um, but no, would love the opportunity to, to to be in Phoenix with Jamie and Ellen. Although I do I did get a pit in my stomach when I start thinking about Brees Hall and Brockton. <laughs> so, you know, some of the some of the job survival skills kick in and you better be careful what you wish for. I get <laughs> it.
1: Well, it's funny you say that, Rob, because I was talking to Coach Campbell last night and he was going, yeah, Oregon's got a lot of four-star and five-star players. they got a lot more team speed than us. No, so.
2: <laughs> right, but I, I just, I love when I read, you know, that you guys are about five-star culture and that that's really what we're trying to do here as well, um, you know, is, is build something that's sustainable for the long time and it really is about the culture. So I um, you know, really admire what, what's what, been built in for sure. So, Rob, I uh, admittedly,
0: I'm a college football junkie. I just haven't watched a ton of Pac-12 this year because of how COVID's been, and it's just been crazy, as everybody in athletics knows. I So I've been really studying Oregon the last couple of days, and I'm in love with your coach. I think he's fantastic. I He reminds me a lot of Matt Campbell, and, and I'm a big Matt Campbell admirer, but those two guys, to me, they seem like they're cut from the same cloth.
2: Yeah, that's what it appears. Obviously, I've been admiring Matt from afar and obviously, you know, hear, you know, how much Jamie thinks of his leadership. And I do think there's some similarities where it starts with culture and character um, and the physicality piece of it is important as well. Um, And so I think that's, you know, it's going to be about execution. It's going to be about competing hard.
0: What about you, Jamie? What
2: are your have you studied
0: up on the Ducks yet?
1: Um, I can't say that I have. You know, I've watched them from afar. But, um, you know, that's why last night Coach Campbell was talking about it. And it's like, you know, it is be careful what you wish for. Um, You know, I'm I'm thinking back, though, to this past weekend, because, you know, I was worried, you know, on Saturday night into Sunday, like, well, what if we don't get picked for the Fiesta Bowl so given Rob's former position on the college football playoff committee, I texted him and it's like, there's no way they can't take us, right? It's got to be us. They can't take Indiana. And he was giving me some, you know, assurances like, well, you are, you know, you're in a conference championship game and your strength of schedule. So it made me feel better. But um, I do know their quarterback, you know, is a high school friend and competitor of Brock Purdy. So that makes, um, you know, that a little bit more interesting. And I've watched them enough to just know they've got incredible team speed, which, um, you know, will be a challenge for us.
0: Yeah, the, the Purdy um, thing is really interesting that both of those kids get to go home and, and play in the Fiesta Bowl, which I'm, I'm sure is really cool. Rob, you are the, you're the former chair of the College Football Playoff Committee. Well, you talk about the most thankless job in the world.
2: <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> sure, having a similar experience. You know, obviously, when, when you're in that position and uh, you get a lot of emails from Team Number Five and Team Number Six, that's just part of it. But what a great experience! Obviously, um, the platform that college football provides for all of us, um, and then the opportunity to work with to work with so many other wonderful professionals. I mean, I, mean, I was, uh, you know, Chris, when I went to my first, when I chaired my first meeting. It was kind of one of those um, surreal moments. I've got Frank Beamer sitting to my left, you know, growing up in Morgantown, West Virginia, you know, the Mountaineers battled his great Hokie teams many, many times. And sitting on my right is Ronnie Lott, somebody, one of the greatest all-time players of of my life in a room filled with accomplished people like that. So where else can you get an opportunity to work on something so intense, so important with some and make friends with so many great leaders? Yeah. So Jamie, you recently
0: got to do the NCAA tournament. I felt terrible for you. I know that you're not looking for sympathy, but to put in all that work, and then the tournament got canceled the way that it did, I uh, that was one of the first things I thought about when it because it, you you've been kind of telling me what it was like, and I I'm geeking out, Rob. I always joke on my radio show that you don't need a football playoff committee. I'll just do it. Okay. Like, I have all the answers, right? That's the it.
2: College sports right there. <laughs> I appreciate that.
0: What's the, what, Jamie kind of reflect on what, how Rob just described it with your time in the NCAA basketball committee.
1: Well, I'm going to say something first though, because you know, Gary Bart is the chair yeah. since Rob left. Right. And um, my assistant has taken phone calls this week from Texas A&M and Cincinnati fans. Thank you that I, you know, Iowa State is Gary Barda. So oh, see, that's great. These people have the wrong number, but they want to talk to you because they're mad at you for not picking them. So <laughs> there is spillover. But, um, yeah, you're right. You know, last year was my first year on the basketball committee, and it was really eye-opening. And, you know, what you do learn is there's a lot of great professionals, like Rob alluded to, that, you know, really pour their heart and soul into trying to get this right. And oftentimes as fans, you know, we we don't fully appreciate how objective these people are and, and how they really are trying to do it right. But, you know, we spent a lot of time last year, at least me, you know, your first year through, you don't really know yet what you're supposed to really be doing. So I probably did more than I needed to do. And then to kind of come up short and not ever get to see, like, well, was I thinking like everybody else or not? Because I don't know, because we never picked the team. So, um, you know, I do have a little like, uh, you know, hangover, I have to admit, for this year, because it's been harder to get started watching teams and getting into it as much, because I feel a little numb still from last year. But um, I'm I'm going to guess after we turn the calendar here and football kind of is behind us, it'll get a little easier to get ramped up again for uh, this March.
0: Is it how different is it this year, Jamie? With there really wasn't much of a non conference in college basketball, and there's been some, but not nearly to the extent. I mean, are you, I mean, do you, are you, are you guys valuing things differently, or is it just whatever games you play that's what we're judging you on? How would you
2: describe
1: it? Well, it's going to be that whatever you play is what we're going to judge you on, but you know, to say how we're going to do that and what's the ultimate impact, I mean, it's still premature because none of us really know what it's ultimately going to end up looking like. You know, uh, we've gotten a little window into it. And in some cases, some teams have played quite a few. And in other cases there, you know, I was watching DePaul last night and that was their first game of the year. So, um, you know, you, you just have a wide array of, of resumes this year and, you know, we'll have to figure that out. Um, I, I personally don't think it's really going to impact who gets in the tournament. I think it's going to be really hard to seed teams, but I'd also say, um, and I I had a conversation with coach self about three weeks ago about this particular issue is, you know, where you're seated is probably going to be the least of your concerns because the tournament is going to be so different. And the fact that it's going to be played in, you know, one location and you're going to be kind of, you know, to win it all, you're going to have to stay in, you know, a, a certain city in a certain hotel for a four week time period That'll be so different for all the teams and which coaches can adapt to that and which players can adapt to that. And it's kind of like what we saw in football this fall. You know, some coaches just short-circuited because, you know, they didn't get to do everything they normally did. And other coaches just adapted to it. And I think that's what you're going to see in basketball.
0: Rob, I I, so I I do a daily talk radio show, and I would say we're about 60 to 70% college football year-round. And my my audience has heard this a lot, but I it's I always say it's impossible to be completely um, clear on like the final four because college football is so different. Right. You know, some leagues play nine games, some play eight. like nobody's schedule is the same. But then this year, it's 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 completely impossible. This year has <laughs> been a total cluster. Are
2: you glad you, that you aren't in Gary Barta's seat this year? That was that. That would be a very tough seat this year, and also you, you know even when in a regular year you're dealing with availability, right? You're trying to assess injuries, who was without key players, and this year, I mean that just had to be a Herculean task, you know, not just the number of games, but who was available. As you mentioned, the to basketball, you didn't have any uh, interconference play, so um, yeah, no, I'm 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 glad that uh, my tenure ended after last season.
0: All right, let's get to the the cyclones and the ducks here. Um, oftentimes, like when there's a big game, like the governors of the states will do like a bet. Are you guys doing a bet? Like, are the are the two athletic directors we'll put anything on We're
2: bound by NCAA rules. We're bound
1: by NCAA rules. <laughs> You're fine. I mean, you got two, you know, choir boys here. We're not going <laughs> to do anything wrong. Come mean, on, yeah. His wife is a former compliance person. You guys He's can't. Governor. You
0: guys can't bet like a dinner or anything. That's illegal. Come on.
1: No, we're, we're hey, we're going to play it by the book. <laughs> I just right. want an invitation to the lake house. That's what I want. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, I've invited him to the lake house a ton, but he's, his sons are like little league and now high school baseball players. So they play baseball all summer long. So he's going to have to wait till he's an empty nester.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go to the lake house and uh, right now it'd be a tough day to tough day to attend yeah. the lake house. It's, yeah, I it's, don't know what it's like in Oregon
1: this morning, but last night it got down to about 12 below wind chill. The wind was howling. I'll tell you what, when I took the dog out last night in the middle of the night, it was cold. Yeah, we're not quite that cold, but it was it was got down in the low
2: 30s here last night.
0: Hey, what guys, what can I do to negotiate here? Just put me in the middle to get uh, home and home. Because I, I want Rob and I want the Ducks to play in Ames. What do we have to do to get this done?
2: Well, I mean that, that that'd be a great matchup. It's, the way scheduling's done now, it'd probably be in twenty thirty five. We still have a radio show,
1: right? Yeah. If you're still doing the show in that year, Chris, I don't know. Yeah,
0: they'll, they'll probably fire me before then. Um, well, you know,
1: here's the here's the subplot of this game that I learned yesterday is, you know, so the Ducks wanted to wear black. Oh wow. That's what I heard. And, you know, we get to be the home team. And, you know, of course, our guys, Coach Campbell was willing to go back and wear Cardinal, but the players all wanted to wear black another time since it's a COVID year. So the, like the undercard is, had we not worn black, they would have worn black, which, so we're wearing black. So they can't. Okay. There you go.
0: Well, the thing about Rob and Oregon, you guys have like, 45 different uniform yeah. combinations. So it doesn't really matter, right?
2: Right, yeah, we, do, we do have quite a few combinations uh, and we wore a, a really cool black uniform this year celebrating Ohana, um, kind of the, our connection to Hawaiian uh, culture and family. So uh, it was a pretty special uniform. I'm sure that's what we were thinking about wearing. How, how does that just work? Wait,
1: just wait, just st- our connection is to Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The, Matt Campbell is the man in black. There, there's no doubt about that. How does that work with all the different uniforms? Because that's one thing that's really unique about Oregon's brand. And, of course, there's the Nike connection. But uh, how do you guys decide which uniforms you're going to wear?
2: Yeah, I know. Obviously, evolved. I mean, uh, Oregon started this many years ago when it was uh, not a popular thing. But because, you know, Nike was born on our campus at Hayward Field with Coach Bowerman and Mr. Knight, um, we have a special connection uh, with Nike and, and many, many years ago, Tinker Hatfield, the creator of the Air Jordan, was really trying to create a brand around Oregon football. And one of the things they said is since we don't have this longstanding tradition, let's do something different. Um, and that's where the uniform combinations were born out of. And there's been an evolution of it. There's been player input. Um, and that's kind of what where where it works now is they work a year out and really get you kind of a leadership council of players to weigh in on a special uniform or trending ideas. Um, and, you know, we've we've had a lot of of different ones over the years. Uh, Some fans love, and some of them they don't love so much, Um, but it's with player input, and it's kind of scripted out, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, and it's been key to our brand.
0: Yeah, Jamie, Jamie, do you ever hear from fans about the black uniforms? I say that in jest.
1: Yeah, yeah, never. (laughs) I say, you know, they, they tell me to give Coach Campbell whatever he wants, and that's a lot cheaper than giving them like a several million dollars. So I just want to know, Rob, is there any chance you guys are wearing Cardinal and gold for our game? I don't think so. Although we did,
2: we, we, many, many years ago, we our school colors were a,
1: a dark blue
2: and a, and a gold, and we wore those one time and it wasn't very well received. I think we probably get similar emails when we wear black. So our fans want to see green and yellow in our uniform and as much
1: green and yellow as possible. Yeah. Well, if it's any consolation to you, we're – Eight and oh, nine and in the black uniforms at home. We're now 0 and one on the road. <laughs> so,
0: I um, one thing I think is interesting about you guys, and uh, you, that you both have CPA backgrounds, and the business of college sports has changed. Probably is it, Rob, would you say it's accurate to say it's changed forever after this year? I mean, it long lasting, at least for the next decade. I, can you? I want to ask you both this question, how you've leaned on that financial background and how that's come into play this year with all the challenges.
2: Well, it's been critical um, long before this, but obviously now and there's so many issues, not not just dealing with a global pandemic. But when you look at name image likeness, you know, the things that are happening in the courts, um, there's no doubt. But I, I think. Aside from the financial acumen of budgets and allocating resources, you know, what, what the backgrounds that we're fortunate to have is also teach us about process um, and building systems. And, you know, that's that's how you build sustained success. Right. Is is you, you, you build a process um, and, and, you, and you tweak it and you keep going. And so I think just a systematic approach to the leadership of something that's complex and as diverse um, as college athletics I mean, we really have two elements of our operation that make money. And then for us, because you have 20 sports, we have 18 that don't. So the allocation of resources is critical because we want them all to have a great experience and to be able to compete at the highest level. And some of that is tied to resources.
0: What about you, Jamie? I remember when you got hired and I didn't I didn't know anything. I was young and dumb at the time. Um, but I remember thinking, oh, this guy's—he's got a financial background. And in my mind, like, oh, you had to be Tom Osborne or Barry Alvarez to become an athletic director. Was um, how has that um, just that background kind of evolved throughout the years in, in your chair?
1: Well, you know, I think uh, you know what Rob referenced about process and systems is so true. Um, I, you know, I always think back to just the ability to think analytically about problems to create systems and solutions. And then being able to articulate those, you know, and, and Rob and I both are blessed that we've worked, you know, for some really good leaders. Um, you know, we both worked for Debbie Yao and, you know, I think we both would give Debbie tremendous credit for who we are as, um, as leaders. And a big part of that was, you know, she, her background was she was a former English teacher and she um, she was awesome at being able to articulate something and put it in writing And, um, I know that that's been a big part of, um, you know, who I've been as a leader is being able to communicate what you're thinking and, and being able to explain why so people can understand, you know, they don't always agree, but if you can explain why it gives them the ability to come along and, you know, give you a chance. And, and so I, you know, I think that that foundation has been really important.
0: That's really good stuff. All right. Um, the, the Cyclones and the Ducks. We're going to get the predictions. Uh, but before we do, Rob, give me something on Jamie. I got to have something on him uh, for the Cyclone fan base. You got? Give me a story. I need to know like pre-Iowa State Jamie Pollard. Give me something good here.
2: Wow. Um, yeah, I I I have some, but uh, the things that happened on Bourbon Street when we went to New Orleans with the Super Bowl, we swore would stay on Bourbon Street. So uh, I'm a man of my word. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I've emulated a lot of things, uh, Jamie Pollard, that I'm lucky. One thing that I cannot emulate is is running with the guy. I, uh, you know, I thought I was a runner until I met Jamie. Um, I'm a jogger. Jamie's a runner. Um, I, I, I can't run with Jamie. I can't run with Ellen. I can't run with Thomas, Annie, Maggie, James, none of them. Um, but you know, what I'll tell you about Jamie is I, I, again, I'm not going to share any of the, any of the Bourbon street stuff. Uh, (laughs) He was a fun guy to have as a mentor. Uh, he's been a great, great, great friend. Um, and you know, what I learned is about balance about family. Uh, we can have these intense roles, we can also be caring. Um, we can care about the organization. We can care about the people. Um, and uh, I feel very, very lucky to have him as a friend. And he set my career on a trajectory um, that I wasn't even anticipating.
0: Same to you, Jamie. I mean, you got to be really proud. Look at this guy.
1: Um, oh, immensely proud and, and um, honored to, you know, I remember when he became the chair of the football committee, I thought this is really cool. And, you know, I've stayed at this guy's house, um, but, you know, Jane and Cooper and Tanner, you know, I, I think to, um, you know, the games of Mafia in your living yeah. room, yeah. Um, the uh, the games of uh, playing wiffle ball are out in the, the, the open lot that's no longer there next to your house.
2: Yeah. And
1: his two boys are the sweetest kids. They're, they are, um, they're awesome but they were emulators of everything professional. And so, you know, they'd go up in their room and put on the jersey of some, I don't even remember who the players were, but, you know, they were always somebody, you know, some professional athlete. And it was so fun to play with them. Um, um, you know, and I just, you know, I, I, my only regret is that he's in Oregon and I'm in the Midwest and we don't get to cross paths as much because you know I've gone to some of their little league games when we've been out there. Um, you know, and as a track guy, it's, it's an awesome place to be able to, you know, have somebody that can get you, uh, back a house at, uh, you know, the, the great track stadium at Hayward field. And I can't wait to see the new one.
2: Um, yeah, so I have to
1: tell this though, Chris, okay. there, there's a good story that Rob will remember this one, but well, a couple of them out of it, but you know, our trip to that Super Bowl was pretty memorable because we flew into Pensacola, stayed with a friend of mine. Then we drove across Alabama, Mississippi to get to New Orleans. And we stopped in Kill, Mississippi and went to Brett Favre's high school and hometown and took pictures with our cheese heads on. And But um, – and after the game that night, we came back and stopped at and we're like at a bonfire or something at Brett Favre's high school yeah. with, you know, all these townies from Kill, Mississippi. And, but the best story from that Super Bowl um, was years later – Because my wife put together this, um, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it when you, um, I'm having a mental block here. You take the photos and you make a scrapbook, okay? And so she made a scrapbook of us for the trip, okay? So one night I'm watching ESPN 30 for 30s, and it's Jeremy Schaap being interviewed about his dad, Dick Schaap, right? Remember the great legendary, um, you know, uh, journalist. And he asked Jeremy he goes what's the best memory of your dad? And now keep in mind I'm just sitting on my couch watching this 30 for 30 and he said oh hands down it was my dad was a huge packers fan and it was the packers patriots super bowl and my dad was down on bourbon street the day before the game and this woman said Mr. Schaap, would you autograph my breast? Okay? <laughs> And as he said it, I'm going. I got that picture. It's in the scrapbook. And sure enough, because Rob and I were right there, and we took a picture with us there as Dick Shap was autographing her breast on Bourbon Oh my Street. gosh! And so I took a you know copy of the picture, and I you know I sent it to ESPN, Jeremy Shap, and. Um, it was about six months later, I was at a function in New York city where he was at. And so I went up to him and said, do you remember getting, and he was like, you're the guy that sent that to me. Said, yep. <laughs> so I'll always you know, have a great memory of that.
2: Yeah, that was quite the road trip. Flew to Pensacola, stayed at Fort Walton, drove over, stayed in Baton Rouge. We, uh, we, we that was quite a trip.
0: Most impressive thing about that to me is you didn't, you didn't have a cell phone. Like you had to have like a real camera.
2: Oh right?
1: yeah, we 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 were Geekville.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> we, we saw the pictures from it. We were like total geeks with our. Yeah, uh, we on and, yep.
0: All right, Rob. Well, you are um, you're a guest here uh, with with me and Jamie, so we'll let you go first. But I I assume you're gonna you're gonna pick oh, oh. a cy- cyclone victory <laughs> in the festival.
2: I'm going to stay away from predictions. I, I'm not. I'm not going to have Mario mad at me because uh, I created some locker room material. Little, little more material. Uh, I just hope we all stay healthy. We get to the game and we have a great game.
0: Yeah. How are you guys going to? Are you going to watch it? Because I, I, I kind of know how this works. Like we're all having fun now, but I, I've, I've seen Jamie right before kickoff. It gets pretty intense. You're going to stay away from each other. How, how are you going to watch the game? Uh, uh, on the second.
2: Well, I haven't, I haven't really thought about that. I'm sure we'll see each other before the game or, you know, on the field. I don't know about beyond that, but uh, we'll probably separate so that we can yell at the officials about opposite things.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had somebody come into my booth on Saturday in Dallas, um, a, um, just somebody from the industry. And they didn't know the drill that you don't come into my box (laughs) in the middle of the game unannounced and then come up and tap me on the shoulder and want to go introduce me to like five or six people. So they got the kind of the abrupt cold shoulder. And then I did apologize later, but it was like, don't do that to me. Because, you know, when you're AD, I, I love road games. And Rob probably can attest to this is because the road games, I pretty much get to watch the game. Yeah. You know, absent the people that I've invited to be in kind of the inner circle for that game, you know, where most times you don't get to do that because, you know, at home games, you got all the other stuff you're worrying about and everybody else that wants to come see you. So, you know, for a bowl game, that's like one of the rare moments that I actually get to sit and enjoy and watch the game and be more fan than I am probably AD. So
0: so, so true. Well, it'll be a great matchup. I'm I'm really, just as an Iowa State fan, I'm I'm really happy that. It's Oregon. I'm. I've been a long admirer of the program. I. I'm more of a marketer than I am anything, uh, Rob. And i the. I read Phil Knight's book and this. The whole uniform thing. I. I just think it's fascinating how Oregon has grown over the years and a, a big admirer of you and your program. So best of luck and have a very happy holiday, okay, sir.
2: Well, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having. Me. This has been a lot of fun and um, Phoenix is a great place. It's a great city. Um, obviously, the stadium is. Uh, you know, state-of-the-art. So uh, it's going to be a great matchup. Uh, Iowa State's just had a phenomenal year. Even getting in the number of games they got in is a huge victory. Um, and so I uh, look forward to getting to Phoenix and
1: having a little fun.
2: Jamie, you have any parting words?
1: Well, you know, we will definitely be the underdog because, you know, those guys have been in that stadium multiple times, haven't you? How many times uh, have you played in there? Uh, we've only, I think we,
2: – I don't even know uh, – I'm not sure we have played. We played basketball on that stadium, but the last time we were there in football, I think they, I don't know that that one was even built. I've kind of, I forget when we played. Were
1: you a college football playoff down there before?
2: Uh, no, it was before the pl- No, we played in the playoff was before Phoenix. Uh, we were in the old okay. BCS there. Okay.
0: All right. All right. Well, 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 guys, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for letting me kind of sit in the middle. It's been fun to watch you guys go. Back and forth. And maybe next year we'll do it before the college football playoff. How about that? Now you're talking.
1: Well, Rob, give my best to Jane and the boys. Merry Christmas. Hope Santa's yeah, good to uh, all of you. And, um, and we'll see you on the, well, probably the 31st or the 1st. So. Yep. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate you
2: doing this. This has been a fun walk down memory lane.